All right, all right, here we go. It's episode 33 of the NBA edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, filling in once again for Joe Serralo. Joe, feeling a little bit under the weather. Hopefully he feels better and gets back to health. But my man, the myth, the legend, Mackenzie Rivers is here. NBA playoffs are here. Mackenzie and I, we're going to start out with your best bet there, Mackenzie, from the last podcast. I took your recommendation and you nailed it. You gave out the Nets Pacers over the total as your best bet. We projected a total right around 238, 239. But Mackenzie, your projection for the score was spot on. You saw 260 points, you said, in that game. And wouldn't you know it, 260 points right on the dot. That was a fantastic call. Easy best bet cash for our listeners. So for myself and my listeners there, Mackenzie, I want to know, do you have your crystal ball ready? Is it ready to go? Is it fired up for these playing games? Ready to go. Can't wait. The NBA playoffs have this in common and this not seen throughout the regular season, but both teams in every game, every day, in every series will be max motivated. I love it. That's the way I like to handicap where I'm not thinking about uh, who's going to be out and who's going to be in. It's who's going to try to win the game. My favorite time of year. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know if you like this necessarily playing kind of ordeal. Give me this year and I'll probably feel a little bit better about, you know, whether I like it or not. But do you actually like to play in McKenzie or would you rather see the, you know, the normal eight seeds that we've seen for years? It's not my favorite. I don't think it adds that much. It has kept some teams motivated later into the year, which is a net positive. I'll tell you one thing I hate about it is that every stat is existing in some mythical realm that basketball reference doesn't even have a page for because it's not the regular season. It doesn't count as a playoff stat. And you know me, uh, stats guru, some have called me in the past. I love putting things together numerically. And uh, this kind of this kind of irks me for that reason. I'd rather just have a – I would actually like to see a play-in or a regular season tournament uh, of some consequence or in-season tournament, I should say. Uh, this is all right, though. I don't know if you saw the tweet today from Elon Musk, but he put out a tweet saying that 62.4% of statistical information is wrong. And I'm like, I wonder if McKenzie saw that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, with that said, McKenzie, so we have our six seeds locked in. You know, we have our playing teams right now locked in. Let's go ahead and let's start in Brooklyn with the Nets team. Now, that that was a team that many thought would be the number one seed representing the East. They're going to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, They surprised some people this year. So we're going to start out here Tuesday night, 7 p.m. at the Barclays in Brooklyn. This is the first playing game. We have the Cavs and the Nets. Currently right now on pregame.com Game Center, the Nets minus 8.5. We have a total of 228.5 because we have some injury updates for this game. Let me go and rattle those off quick. Cavaliers right now, center Jared Allen is not expected to play. He's rehabbing right now from a fractured finger on the Nets side. Goran Dragic was listed as in the health and safety protocol, but it looks like he's going to be a go. Seth Curry's student guard was also a little bit banged up there, but head coach Steve Nash said uh, that he expects Curry to suit up. So it seems like Jared Allen will be the one guy uh, that probably won't suit up for this game. Now let me throw this at you. The Nets season series this year, three games to one over the Cavaliers. The winner of this game will secure the seventh seed and face Boston in the first round. So McKenzie, I'm going to ask you the first question here. This one might throw you a little bit for a loop here. NBA title odds look a little bit like this. The Nets, 7 seed, plus 650 to win the title. The Heat, the 1 seed at plus 950. What am I not seeing here? What's wrong with these odds? 
I, I don't think anything's wrong with the odds. I think the, the Nets are a significantly better team than the Heat. And we were kicking this around the pregame studios last week where I just don't think one season really matters all that much. You know, at a stats guy, not really a statistician, but a stats guy, the more data, the better. And I've seen Kevin Durant be the best player in the world, in my opinion, for about 10 years now. So I don't, I don't throw that aside, you know, not, not after a loss to the Bucks in overtime, not after a really consequential loss to the Hawks in a game they should have won, not after he goes four for 15 in the last game of the Pacers. By the way, he had 16 assists. He found a way. The Nets this year, eight and 19 without Kevin Durant, 36 and 19 with Kevin Durant. One seed potential when he's on the court and he makes all the difference. By the way, Jarrett Allen of the Cavs has been another guy with eye-popping on and off splits. 35 and 21. Really good team. The Cavs have been with him on the court. Not going to be there Tuesday. Only 9 and 17 this season. They're losing two-thirds of their games without Jarrett Allen. So I think that's a big loss. I think it's underappreciated by the market. The Nets have been a terrible home team, especially as a favorite. 1 and 21 at one point. I guess they won one and lost one. So 2 and 22 the last 24 games as a home favorite, the Brooklyn Nets. So I can't touch it, but I do think uh, the Cavs without Allen are a team that I'm going to be looking to fade. Yeah, I don't know what you make this line right now. So Allen's going to be out, but the line right now, eight and a half. Would, would you, is that your number, McKenzie, eight and a half? Yeah, it actually falls exactly with my number, including injuries and everything. So that's why I don't see a bet here. But uh, directionally, I think the Cavs are, are, are worse or, and worsening uh, you know, in recent weeks. You know, that team was like, they won 10 out of their last 26 games. But a lot of that had to do with guys like Allen being out. Uh, Mobley was out. Levert was out. But now Levert and, and Mobley are going to be back in. Like, I wonder what this team's going to look like. You know, the fact that, they, that they're that they here and it's like, you know what? Sometimes I think like these underdog teams, like a Cleveland Cavaliers, like they actually don't mind having to take on, you know, quote unquote, the number one seed in the East, you know, at least according to the odds. Like, it's like, yeah, we'll take on Goliath and, and we'll go in there and we'll we'll knock him down. I think the Cavs are live in this game. I think eight and a half is, you know, it's a lot of points. But, you know, one of the things that worries me about the Nets here, McKenzie, one, we know Ben Simmons is not on the team right now. Uh, maybe he'll be in there sooner or later. I think that they, they have to have that guy. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to get bounced out of the playoffs. But I do have to ask you a question because I haven't seen it yet. You know, do you think that there is a second gear to this Nets team or – do you feel like they need to have Ben Simmons in order to, to to maybe even you know get into that gear? I do. They lost a lot in James Harden, and on paper it looked like they had gained a lot in that trade. But without anything to show for that trade, they're just a very, very thin team, especially at the wing position. I mean, Kevin Durant's going to play 48 minutes if he has to, but in today's NBA you need more than that. And outside of Kevin Durant, Goran Dragic, you mentioned, is hurt. What are the wings? Who are Who's scoring – you know, in a half court set outside of Kevin Durant, that's a wing player. I, 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 Bruce Brown is the first name that comes to mind, and he's not, he's known for everything but scoring. So they're, they're going to hurt in that department. Kevin Durant, if he has a cold day, it'll be tough to, it'll be tough to have enough firepower against these better teams. So I don't see them, you know, usually I, I have a, you know, an upgrade to the best teams in my power ratings when the playoff happens. I haven't made that adjustment because I think, Kevin Durant might have another gear, but the team does not. Well, one of the things that was concerning for me was the Nets bench. Like, you take a guy like a Blake Griffin, he's only averaging like 11 minutes per game. Now, Aldridge has been 
you know, half decent. You mentioned a couple of names there, but, you know, are you going to be able to pick up the pace, you know, with Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, guys like that? Mackenzie, it's only one game. Like, we can go out and we could push KD and we could push Kyrie out there, you know, for 40 minutes, 42 minutes if you need them. But how long can you do that in the playoffs? Like, we saw that last year, you know, with KD, you know, just playing in, in an insane amount of minutes. I, I don't know, man. Like, that's where I think the downfall is. Like, they need to have a defensive player like a Ben Simmons, not necessarily a scorer, but you have to give KD and Kyrie some type of rest, you know, when you get into a playoff series. And look, if you're up, you know, 20, 30 points or you're up, you know, 15 or whatever the case might be, you know, you can get them guys a breather here. But the fact that you can't rely on your bench for, you know, a heavy output of scoring, that that's one of the things that worries me. We know Simmons isn't going to get you points, but defensively, you know, he can probably widen the gap for, you know, KD and, and Kyrie. Does that worry you, those guys having to get pushed, like, maybe to the max, you know, come an NBA series? Yes, it does, because, yes, the NBA playoffs, you see tend to see shorter benches, probably eight-guy rotations, sometimes even less than that. But there, that doesn't take into account the fact that there's only two guys that are doing all the scoring. Like, not all efforts on the NBA court are the same all the time. To ask somebody to create a shot literally 50 times in a game, whether for yourself or somebody else, is taxing. And it might not be taxing enough for make, to make them lose a game or in you know, one of the first couple games. But eventually, you talked about Kevin Durant's injury history. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to see that the injury bug, if they don't get Ben Simmons back, who can run the bench, who can you, you know, probably not generate points for himself, but generate points through his defense and getting up and down and making it more of a transition basketball game. Without that, it's going to be... I think I think you're going to see the wear and tear uh, pile up quite quickly for Ky- Kyrie and KD. You know, I think the key thing that you said when you mentioned Kevin Durant was, you know, if he doesn't go cold, and that's been one of the issues for the Nets. You know, with KD and Kyrie on the floor, it's like I, I don't want to say there's always one guy that's going cold. That's not necessarily true, but I, I know you've witnessed the games. You know, where Kyrie goes out and he's you know four for twenty one, and it's like that's not going to get it done. And some of that rubs off on KD where. You know, if Kyrie's taking a ton of shots, it's like, all right, you can't even get KD in the mix. You can't get him, you know, into a groove. Like, that's what worries me. And that's what worried me, like, when they shipped Harden out of town. I'm like, at least Harden can go out there and he could find guys to go ahead and make the plays. Harden could do it himself. He could always get to the free throw line. That's one of the things that really worries me about this Nets team is, you know, one of those guys go cold, man. KD's going to have to, you know, launch up 55 points for you. And we saw, you know, him just do that, what, not just recently. And they still came up short, lost the game. So I don't know if that's a concern for you, but I feel like KD and Kyrie need to be in lockstep. Like they need to be locked in. They, their shots need to be going down. Yeah, it's just a different game in the 48th minute. And you, you can see it, you know, getting other guys involved. It really, it's, you know, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place uh, with their lack of shooting. Drogic, Mills, Aldridge, all these guys that three years ago were, were all-stars are uh, Griffin, Blake Griffin. Uh, they need a couple of them to return to form. All right, Mackenzie, so before we move on to the next game, let me ask you, do you have a lean or a like on the side or the total? I lean to the Nets. I do think the Cavs are slipping, and I think uh, playoff experience does matter. But if anything, I'd play the Nets in the first half. I mean, we saw last game, we've seen them just kind of wilt as it goes on. They don't have that much firepower. So I would lean to the Nets in the first half, uh, laying four and a half right now at Westgate. All right. Well, the only thing that worries me with laying the eight and a half with the Nets is that Maybe this line is slightly a little inflated because it is the Nets. And, you know, there was a lot of high expectations on this team. 
And I do worry a little bit that, you know, that that might be the team that has a lot of pressure on them, you know, coming into this game. Like you have a two-man team that they both need to step up. I feel like the Cavs are just playing with house money. Yeah, I wish they had Jared Allen back, but uh, I do have a slight lean to the Cavaliers getting the eight and a half points. Let's move over to the nightcap here, McKenzie. Uh, This one will tip off at 930 Eastern. We have the Clippers at the Timberwolves. Current line in this game right now, Timberwolves minus three. We have a total of 230 and a half. Uh, There are some injuries to note in this game. D'Angelo Russell, uh, he was sick, not COVID related, uh, but it did prevent him from practicing on Saturday. Uh, The Clippers, I'm guessing they're going to be without Luke Kennard. Uh, He ended up pulling up lame there in Sunday's game against the Thunder uh, with the hamstring injury. Not necessarily sure of the severity of that, but some of the reports weren't exactly good. So uh, those are the two, three injuries for that particular game. Not sure how you feel about the Timberwolves and Clippers going to this one, McKenzie. What do you got? I was just talking about playoff experience with the Nets-Cavs matchup. I think this is probably the biggest example of that disparity. Timberwolves have one guy, former Clipper Patrick Beverly, that has played more than one NBA playoff uh, season. The best player, Carl Anthony Towns, hasn't played in the playoffs since 2018. He did not have a good showing in his one playoff experience. Flip that around, and the Clippers are coming off you know, probably Paul George exercising his demons as far as playoff P is concerned. He actually put up 30 points per game the last 10 games he was playing in last year's playoffs. I think he has the monkey off his back. I think he can play loose and fast. So I would look towards the Clippers if I was if I was going to play a side. The Timberwolves have been very good at home, so that kind of uh, is, a, is a point of contention. And you have the Patrick Beverly re- revenge factor, but that works on the other side as well. So I think there's there's more coming down uh, on the Clippers side of the equation. What do you think? I agree with you 100 percent with the you know the veteran leadership, the guys that have been there, you know, in the playoffs. I mean, look up and down their roster, look up and down their bench, um, just loaded with guys with playoff experience. I think that that will loom large in this particular game. And one of the things that I think you probably agree with me with is that you know the Clippers when they're put up against the wall, they tend to play well, and we've seen them how many times. Uh, being down, you know, 15, 20 points and games come roaring back and there they are. They win the game. Uh, not necessarily a recipe for success, but, you know, that team doesn't give up. They have a lot of heart and I believe a lot of that's probably due to their veteran leadership. Look, Minnesota, I don't want to say time and time again, but it seems like, you know, when the bright lights are on them or it's time for them to step up, you know, that they do fail. And look, the Clippers beat them this year, you know, in the four meetings that they had three games. So I think the Clippers are probably the better team, the more suited team. You know, they went far last year, and you got to give them credit without Kawhi. And it was like, you know, could they do it again? I don't want to go ahead and, and say that they can't. I was surprised when I looked at the NBA title odds looking at the Clippers that they're like 35 to 1. You know, the Wolves are 65 to 1. Does it make sense that, that, that the Wolves are favored when the, then the title odds are telling you that, you know, that these teams are that far apart? I don't know, but I don't know what to make of it, Mac. I think a lot of that, I mean, they were 60 to 1 not too long ago, the Clippers. A lot of that is optimism that, Kawhi Leonard can come back, but even if he doesn't, Paul George is has been back, and they have the second best net rating in the league since he's been back. They're six and one. You mentioned this three and one matchup during the regular season. Well, Paul George played in three of the games. In those three games, they won all of them, winning by nineteen points per game. Well, that makes me feel pretty good. The fact that my best bet in this podcast is going to involve Paul George. I'm going to go. Ahead, I'm going to play him over his point total, McKenzie, over twenty eight and a half. I feel like. This is like a game seven, and they have to go to their best player. And we've seen, you know, the Clippers at times, like they'll, they'll share the basketball. Maybe it's Reggie Jackson. Maybe it's Morris. 
know, maybe it's another guy like a like a Trey Man or something off the bench or a Batum. But can you trust those guys in this spot? No. There's a reason Paul George came back. He didn't come back just to, you know, go through and have a couple games and, and not go out there and be playoff P. I feel like he has probably the biggest game out of all these players maybe in the play-in because he knows it's all on him. It's not like there's, you know, a second fiddle to him. It, it, it's on him. So 28 and a half, yeah, it's a high point total. But don't be shocked if he goes out there and shoots the ball 25, almost 30 times in this game. And look, he can get it done because, you know, this Wolves defense isn't exactly the greatest. I mean, they're probably in the bottom 10 defensive teams maybe in the league. And look, I think he can go ahead and take advantage of them. I think it's going to be on him. If they win this game, it's because he goes for a big point total. If they lose, he probably still has a decent point total. But, you know, one one reason or another, maybe they just don't get it done. So I like Paul George to go over his point total 28 and a half. I'll go ahead and I'll give you guys that for my best bet. Let's jump over to Wednesday night here, Mac. Uh, we got the Hawks. And we have the Hornets. This one's going to start early. It's going to be your 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time start. Hornets at the Hawks. Hawks minus 4.5. Total 236. Uh, looks like Gordon Hayward's not going to play in this game there, McKenzie. I guess that's probably going to be a pretty big blow here for the Hornets. And the only other injury news that we have for this game, the Hawks, Lou Williams, uh, is dealing with a little bit of a back injury. He's been out the last three games, so he's a little bit iffy. What did you make your line for this game? I have the Hawks minus 4. Uh, the fact that Gordon Hayward's not going to be able to come back probably four and a half seems like kind of like the right number. So I'm looking at the odds here and I'm looking at everything else and something popped out to me. And I'm curious what you think about this. So the Hawks, they finished out of all the playoff teams and the playing teams. They finished with the worst road record, just 16 wins this year at home. They've been solid 27 and 14 Hornets are just slightly above 500 on the road and at home. But here's my question. I wonder if maybe we should bump up the Hawks, you know, for their home court advantage based on what they did last year. We saw this Hawks team, you know, go into New York and, and they, you know, look, their fans followed them. But as, as they kept going further and further and further, and it was like the fans kept getting louder and louder and louder. Like, I think they go right back to that big playoff type atmosphere where I don't know if the Hornets could actually deal with, you know, the Hawks fan base and how the Hornets might go into that game, because I think there might be a little bit of swag. So uh, for me, I lean to the Hawks here, and a little bit of that is due to, I think they'll have a, an impressive home court advantage here you know, over the Hornets. Yeah, pick, I'm picking up what you're putting down, especially because Atlanta, it feels like a different kind of Hawks environment. Like when Joe Johnson was at his peak and Al Horford, they never had like a fun team, but this is probably one of the, the funnest teams. I mean, it's all offense. It's all offense all the time. Number two offense uh, by cleaning the glass numbers, number 26th defense. And more than that, Trey Young, I think, I think provides a lot of hope. I mean, Steph Curry, he kind of was a late bloomer in his career. But if you look, if you track the uh, just effectiveness, any one of those one and all stats, all in one stats, Trey Young's career arc is a lot like Steph Curry's so far. You know, he has picked up year after year. So that's why I think the, 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 the home crowd is especially raucous. So maybe that's why my, my power ratings make it four. But maybe a bump up in the Hawks' home home court advantage uh, is warranted here. I think a lot of that just has to do with the belief, McKenzie. It's not like this team, you know, went into the playoffs last year and they got bopped. I mean, they took games from New York at home. They took games from Philly. They took games from the Milwaukee Bucks, the champions. So there is going to be a lot of belief, you know, with, not even only within the team, but I think the fan base. And I think they're going to go into this game, you know, thinking that they can win. They know that they're favored. 
And it's not like the Hornets are exactly a scary team. So, and when it came to the line, I was thinking, I'm like, four and a half looks good to me. Maybe I would maybe consider like five, five and a half, somewhere around there. But uh, the one thing that I did for this game, I did upgrade, you know, Atlanta with their home court. Maybe a best bet is in order here. Um, This is my best bet for the pod. And I love, absolutely love this bet. So I'm talking about how good Trey Young is. First player since Tiny Archibald to lead the league in both total points and total assists. However, he never went over 30 points against the Charlotte Hornets team. And if you dig further in five matchups versus LaMelo Ball, the opposing point guard, you know, a big point guard, kind of guy that kind of guy is hard to shoot over. Trey Young is averaging 16 points per game on 32% shooting. And it's not just that LaMelo Ball is a, is a, you know, a bigger defender. They also have just a team of guys that can switch. You can't really attack any one particular perimeter player. If, you know, Rozier gets on you, no good. If Bridges gets on you, it's not a particular advantage. So I think the Hawks win, but I think Trey Young is going to have to find a different way to be effective because I don't think he'll be able to score the ball. 31 and a half, I think is a ludicrous number. In all games this season, Trey Young played 76 games in 22 of them. 22 of them, only 22 of them, he scored 32 or more. Yes, this Hornets team is a high-paced team. I mean, we have a high total for a reason. But here are his point totals against Charlotte this season. Nine, played 38 minutes, scored nine points, 30, 25, and 19. Never sniffed this number. Don't understand it. I think it's just one of those things. People are getting excited for the playoffs. They want to bet on their guy. They want to bet overs. I think this should be at least two points lower. So my best bet, Trey Young, under 31 and a half points. All right. So two best bets, two player props. I will say this last year in the playoffs, Trey Young only went over this number two out of eight games at home. You know, he's going to have to get some home cooking here, McKenzie. We saw it last year, uh, especially when he was on the road in like New York, how he was just getting to the line like over and over again. A lot of people probably don't realize that that's where a lot of Trey Young's points come from. And when he's in like an assisting mood, you know, he won't shoot the ball, especially if the other guys are making their buckets. So uh, a couple numbers certainly in your favor. Let's jump over to the final game here, McKenzie. We have the nightcap here on Wednesday night. We have the Spurs at the Pelicans. Pelicans minus five right now, total 229. The injury that we do have to monitor, and this is one of the reasons why they don't have a lot of player props up currently for this game. Uh, Brendan Ingham, he's missed the final three games of the regular season with a hamstring injury, and it is a legit injury. So he's going to move the line one way or another. I'm not sure right now, McKenzie, what you think with Brandon Ingram, you know, kind of being, I guess you could say a game time decision. You know, let's say he plays. What do you make this line? Let's say he doesn't. What do you make this line? I think this number assumes that Ingram is likely going to be out there. I would only make this uh, six with him. So it's right there. And if he is announced out, and like you said, it's a legitimate injury, you know, it is in the cards, I'd probably I'd probably cut it two and a half points. I'd probably make it Pelicans minus three and a half. All right, well, that makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me, and we talked about this on the last podcast, McKenzie, you know, I went on this, this long rant about uh, Coach Pop and, and how I thought he was overrated and, and why he, you know, takes players off the court when, when they're, you know, red hot and stuff like that, but... I don't know, McKenzie, like they were locked into the 10 seed and he felt the need to go and rest his players in a pointless game. And then the last game of the season, he goes out there and he runs them, you know, 30, 35 minutes. So, again, I, I think a lot of this might come down to, you know, coaching. And if he's on his on his game, 
I, I think the Spurs could be trouble, you know, getting five points. I, and look, I like the Spurs team, to be honest with you. I think they have a half-decent roster. I just don't think they're used correctly. So I don't know. I think if, if Pop goes out there and he lets his guys just go out there and play, I think they could be a factor. But I do worry about about how he handles his team and his lineups. You, you mentioned uh, that game against the Warriors where they, where they didn't play many of their guys, including DeJounte Murray, kind of threw that game away. He didn't throw that game away from a coaching perspective, Greg Popovich. I was watching; they're down thirteen in the first first in the beginning of the second half. Dray, uh, Draymond Green throws an alley oop. Nobody's there. Dunk. Immediate timeout. Twenty seconds into the half. So, um, does that try players? No doubt. But I mean, if anyone has gotten away with it, or if anyone has earned the right uh, to coach his way, it's Greg Popovich. Last year. Down 38 to 19, the Spurs were in this play-in game against the Grizzlies. Came all the way back to cover. Uh, I think that means something to him to have, you know, a decent final and not get embarrassed. So I think there's a potential for a comeback here. It's maybe something to play. Pelicans, more talented team, especially with Ingram, might get a lead here. But the Spurs keep fighting, and they they often come back and and cover these numbers. Last year, they only lost by four, covered a a five-and-a-half-point spread. Wouldn't be surprised if – if the Spurs came back. So I, I would look for a live number there. You know, you bring up a good point there. And that's one thing that I did notice with Pop, but there also was something that I haven't noticed. He has no problem calling a timeout. Like if his team's not doing something right or they screw up or it's just a complete blown assignment, he's like timeout. It could be, and I've seen him do it with, with the first basket of the game. I've seen him call timeout. I'm like, that is just totally weird. Like you don't see people do that, but he does. And I mentioned it, like if Murray's like going five for five, and all of a sudden he gets sat down, you know, was there a missed assignment? You know, just basic, you know, basketball one-on-one that, you know, a guy like me that I don't see it. And it was like, well, why would he do that? And I just wonder if he penalizes his players for making simple mistakes. But again, like if he did, I would expect his team to be so much better, you know, than they have been in the last couple of years. And look, I get some of these guys are young, but, you know, if you're coaching them that way, that hard you would expect them to go out there and not make mistakes. Like they would be constantly executing. So you know, I don't know what to make of this Spurs team. They just baffle me. A lot of it probably has been that, you know, I've been a, a supporter of that team and they just haven't, they've never really come through. So I don't know if I could trust them here on the road. And I don't know what to make of this Pelicans team. You know, I like McCollum. I like Ingram. Uh, Valentino is going to play a big part. I think defensively, McKenzie, that they might just be a little bit too long for the Spurs. So I would lean slightly to the Pelicans here. It's not strong at all. That's pretty much all I would do with that game. Maybe a slight lean to the under, too. I don't know if these two teams could put up a ton of points in this game. I could see it. Something else I wanted to mention, uh, we talked a lot about Greg Popovich and his 20-plus years of experience. Willie Green, first-year head coach, I think he's been pretty impressive with how poorly they started and how good they've been since the All-Star break. But still, you know, all things being equal, I'd rather have a more experienced coach in the spot. Now, look, I love Willie Green because when I was a diehard Sixers fan, when he was with AI, I was like, look, Willie Green's one of my boys. But if you watched the game last night and you understood that he was a coach for Steve Kerr, there should have been no reason that you weren't betting the Golden State Warriors last night because that was free money. I'll leave that at that. So now to wrap up episode 33 of the NBA edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, make sure you guys go ahead and check out the Dream Podcast uh, that will drop late Wednesday night. RJ and McKenzie are going to go ahead. They're going to break down the NBA playoffs uh, in a deep dive format. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. Uh, but with that said, I'm Sleepy J. You guys can get me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's McKenzie Rivers. You guys can get him at Mac and Rivers. Hopefully you guys do well. 
for the playing games. We'll talk to you later.